you're listening to the Web Marketing Adelaide Podcast. We give you the tips and strategies to help you utilize the web to get more traffic, leads and sales for your business. Now here's your host, Nick Morris. G'day everyone, welcome back to Web Marketing Adelaide. I'm your host, Nick Morris, and uh, today we're talking about blogging. This is a subject that we've sort of broached um, with various other shows, talking about content marketing, we're talking about WordPress. Um, we haven't really sort of get to the, got to the nuts and bolts of what blogging is and, and how to blog and, and why you should blog. So this week um, I've invited a guest on, Nicole Leadham from Black Coffee Communications, and she's going to help us uh, sort of explain and explore this topic. G'day, Nicole. Uh, welcome to the show. Hi, Nick. Thanks for having me. It's great to have a chat to you. Um, before we get started on the questions, how about uh, you tell us a little bit about yourself, Nicole, and about your, about your business? Sure. Uh, I am the person behind Black Coffee Communication, and really, I guess the best way of doing it is I'm a writer for hire. So I, I do all sorts of different kinds of writing, marketing, writing, blogging, uh, newsletters, annual annual reports, corporate profiles, you know, everything from the smallest flyer up to the multi-faceted project. So, yeah, as, as long as I can write, and uh, I'm, I'm reasonably happy. I do a little bit of communication strategy as well, but it's mainly the writing. Great. And um, we'll start simple with this um with this topic, just uh, so we can, you know, capture everybody from from the, uh, the beginners up to people who are a little bit more experienced. So, let's get started with uh, what is a blog? A really, a blog is a part of your website that isn't static. I guess is the first thing. Your, your other pages tend to be static pages, whereas your blog, you're allowed to, it, it allows you to do new posts and it and it runs a bit like a diary. I mean, blog is short for web blog, so. It's a, a captain's log, a ship's diary, something that you can you keep updated reasonably regularly on a particular subject matter. I guess that's the that's the easiest way I can put it. Great, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't, I mean, it and doesn't have to be writing. It can be photos. It can be um, little things you found on the web. It can be jokes. It can be all sorts of things. It's just updated regularly. Yeah, and also it can be for business, obviously, as well, even though yeah. the original uh, sort of idea behind it is that a diary type thing uh, it can also be for business. Uh, I think, so. you know, it is a, it's still a diary even if you use it for a business because, you you know, you're doing it regularly and you're uh, putting your, your personality into it. Even if it's a business, it still is the personality behind the business. Cool. And, and what are posts? I mean, you mentioned posts a second there. Well, the blog itself is all of the articles in one thing. The posts are the individual articles. So, for example, with my blog, I post once a week. So, you know, each week there is a new post, which is really a different word for article or, uh, you know, entry. Great, and um, we've talked a little bit on the on the show about WordPress before, and uh, this is my blogging platform of choice, and a lot of other people's. Is this what you use as well? Yeah, I I use WordPress. My whole site is a WordPress site with the blogging um, part of it, and most of my clients are also using WordPress. There's a few of them that use their own CMS and uh, and have it. You know, I just do the Word version of it, and they upload it. Um, and I, I have also worked in another one called Squarespace, which a few people swear by. It's not quite so well known as WordPress, but it is quite a nice 
platform as well too, and and it's an easy. It's an easy platform, so I guess that's the that's the main thing. It doesn't have quite so much adaptability outside of blogging as WordPress does. So I like WordPress. Yeah, uh, me too. Me too. <laughs> is that Squarespace? Is that another open source type platform, or is it? Like yeah. A no, as far as I know, it's an open source platform. I know a couple of designers that that swear by it. Um, and I know a few people that have built their own websites on Squarespace. So e even people that have said to me, oh, WordPress, I couldn't understand WordPress and I can do Squarespace, which to me quite, is quite interesting because I find WordPress very easy. But I guess it depends how your different brain works. Yeah. Uh, what, what, are some of, um, what are some of the benefits of doing blogging? Why should people do, be considering it? Look, I think, I mean, to me, the benefits of blogging are twofold. The first one is the Google. So I'll talk about that first and the search engine optimization. Um, the way it was described to me, which I thought was a really clever way of describing it, is to think of Google as this huge spider web. And it sends out spiders regularly across the internet to check out all the different websites out there. Now, if they are don't have any fresh content, it doesn't even bother reporting back to Google. So Google doesn't even really know it exists. Fresh content makes them run, scurry back to their web and tell Google that there's this fresh content out there. So that's the first way of doing it. And it's also a really good way of getting your keywords in regularly without keyword stuffing and without overdoing it and making your website look good for Google but not so good for humans. Um, and I think there's a balance between that. The other reason, which is the main reason I blog, is that you know a lot of small businesses and micro businesses don't have a huge amount of marketing budget. So what they can do is set themselves up as a what I call a subject matter expert. So you blog about what you know about, you blog about your niche, people start seeing you as, oh, that Nick Morris, he knows about SEO, I'll go to him. So they may not actually need your services now, but when they do need your services, you're front of mind because they've read your blog and they can see that you know what you're talking about. And I, I don't think that necessarily has to just be for service providers like you and I. I think that can also be for hairdressers. You know, you talk about the latest trend or, you know, you speak about celebrities' haircuts and things like that. Um, builders can talk about the the projects they're working on and what they've done to make it a little different than, you know, the next builder's project. So I don't, I don't think that's just for service industry. I think if you, if you run a small business, you know your industry. So make sure your clients know that too, or your potential clients. Yeah, that that one's an interesting one. I often wonder uh, about product businesses. I mean, I guess if if you have some sort of expertise, you've got something you can talk about, but uh, does it translate well to product-based businesses as well, well? I think, I mean, it really depends on the product and it depends on why you're doing the product-based business. If you're doing, if you run a product-based business because you are passionate about the product, then I think you can definitely blog. If you're running a product-based business because you're passionate about retail and uh, and it's a good way to earn a living. Maybe it's a little harder. But I mean, just for example, you know, I know a couple of people that run online, say, children's shops, uh, educational toys and things like that. And so their blog is about not necessarily the toys, but parenting as a whole and um, bringing play into education and, and how their products can help. And, and without 
pushing the products constantly, but every now and again on their blog, you know, once every four or five posts, they might have a little thing that says, you know, we've, we've talked in this post about um, uh, separation anxiety, and this is a really great toy to send your kid off to preschool with because it's a, you know, it gives them a bit of an understanding that you're going to be back and all of that sort of stuff. So I think I think you can do it as a product-based business. I mean, really, it depends how passionate you are about your product and what it offers. It goes back to the same thing that any business, you know, you talk about the benefits, not the features. So if you can blog about the benefits of your product or the benefits of your product line as a whole, so, you know, you might sell hats and sunscreen and, you know, shade cloths. So you talk about, um, you know, protection from the sun rather than just about, I sell this, I sell this. You don't want your blog to be a big old platform to push your product. Yeah, that's a, that's a good tip there. Um, why would, uh, what, what are some of the benefits of using a blog for collecting your articles as opposed to just putting up new pages, for instance, on your website, new static pages? Look, I think, I mean, for a start, it means people know where to go, you know. They, they can see that you've got blog written on your website, so they know that that's where the most current stuff is. Um, it's also good for your, your website architecture. I mean, adding extra and extra pages just makes a website incredibly unwieldy, whereas you could put all the blogs on the one page with the posts. Um, and it also, I think it also goes back to that subject matter expert thing. I mean, sure, you can do static pages about your products and all of that, but it doesn't bring the personality through like a blog can. And these days, I think people like to see the personality behind a business, even a reasonably large business. They like to see the personality behind it and if they, if they think it fits with their morals and ethics and all of that sort of thing. Great. My next um, question here is about coming up with ideas on, on stuff to blog about. And uh, you didn't mention in, in your introduction, but you do blogging uh, for other businesses as well as for yourself. So you obviously um, have some experience with coming up with ideas for different industries and different types of businesses and things. So what Do you have some tips for how to sort of come up with ideas for what to write about? Look, I mean, like anything else, I think research is a big part of it, obviously. If you are in a particular niche, do some Googling, look around the web, see what other people are writing about. Um, it's a really good idea to have a strategy behind your blogging, so spend time to sit down and have a look maybe three or six months in advance. If you want to blog weekly, have a think about what um, is coming up in that week. Let's, let's say, for example, you're a beautician. Um, you know, you want to, you know, Valentine's Day is at a certain time every year, so you're going to schedule a blog post, something to do with Valentine's Day there. In winter, you might schedule a blog post about how to keep your skin from getting dry in the, in the winter. So it's about having a strategy about knowing who your target audience is, knowing where they um, get their motivation from and how they might be interested, knowing what keywords they're using when they're Googling and incorporating those into your blog. So I think, I mean, for me, when I do it for someone else, and I've obviously got to get into their head, the strategy is where it's all at. I spend the most time with them um, having a chat about about all of those things and then coming up with a strategic plan and a calendar, which includes things like the keywords we'll be targeting, the days we're going to post, the seasonal things that are coming up. And then once you've, honestly, once you've got that behind you, once you've spent the time necessary on that, the actual blogging 
comes very easily. I mean, obviously, I'm a writer, so writing comes easily to me. But um, I mean, even if even if you're not a writer, I think the, the blogging itself would come reasonably easy. You already know what you're going to blog about. You already know who you're speaking to. You already know your keywords. So you just do a brain dump. Don't worry about grammar. Don't worry about spelling. Don't worry about anything. Just dump it and come back to it and fix all that other stuff after. Great. Yeah, great tips. Um, so on the note of coming up with ideas, um, so you talked about strategy. Is it good to have a, like a content calendar? I mean, you mentioned uh, yeah. having some sort of foresight on it. I think it's a, it's a good idea to have a content calendar. I think you can probably, it needs to be flexible because while um, there's certain things that happen at every time of the year, there are times when uh, it's worth getting into what might be happening in the news. And, and let's say, for example, you install solar panels and there was all those issues a year or so ago with, with you know, fires in roofs or something with the solar panels. You know, you get onto something newsworthy and you, you use the keyword something like safe solar panel installation at a time when people might be looking for safe solar panel installation and they'll see your blog and then they might read the other things. So, you know, for example, I have a little bit of an idea in my mind what I do on my blog, but I leave room and leave flexibility for certain things that happen. The, the things I can think of recently that are um, PR, marketing, comms kind of related that I've blogged about is I did something on the um, Spring Gully issue here in Adelaide and how how good their crisis communication was. I did something on the, the media culpability of that nurse in England when, um, when uh, Kate was in hospital. And I did something on, um, I, I don't know whether your, your viewers will remember, but you know, back here six months ago, they tried to do a big sale called Click Frenzy and the whole website fell down and their crisis communication was not good. So you need to leave room for that sort of thing. So you have an idea of what the generic blogging things are, but then you need to leave space for things that are in the news that people might find by Googling at that time. Yep, yep, that makes sense. Um, and also on strategy, um, do you have tips on how, I mean, should, we mentioned at the, at the beginning uh, one of the reasons for doing blogging is to set yourself up as an expert, a sort of a, a subject matter uh, expert, um, but do you recommend that people also be um, sort of funneling and directing people towards perhaps like a contact page or like a buy now page as well? Yeah. Sort of like driving traffic? And you could what's the best way to do that? I think you can certainly do that. Um, I, I don't recommend doing it in every single blog post because I think that becomes too obvious. Uh, I, know, I know people that do do it and they swear by it. At, at the very least, they might get the internal links for Google rather than anyone actually clicking through to the links. So I guess there's that side. You know, you're getting, whenever you have a website, you're torn between what's good for Google and what's good for humans. So I think, yes, having that is very good for Google. I'm not entirely sure it's good for humans. And it, and it does, it, I guess it depends what the purpose of your blog is. If the purpose of your blog at the end of the day is to make sales and to drive people to your sales pages, then, and, and that's the way Google sees your sales pages, then that's great. 
if you're setting yourself up more as a subject matter expert, it doesn't hurt to bring in something at the end that said, and you know, and if you want, if you want widgets, you can buy them from us. But I don't necessarily think it needs to be done every time, um, and you can do it in a reasonably soft way. So instead of buy, 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 it can be if you want more information about how this sort of widget will help you do this, contact us here, rather than necessarily, yeah, like I said, buy, 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 sell, sell, sell. I think people are very um, jaded by that. Google, yeah. like I said, Google on the other hand is, is a different story. Having the internal links, as you know, as SEO is great for Google. I tend to internally link to other blog pages or occasionally my package pages rather than having the big sell at the, at the end of it. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, and good, good to point out. I think go, go back to the strategy thing of of what you're trying to do with the blog. Is it for directly generating sales, or is it for more of the subject matter expert thing? I guess something else that often people seem to do with blogs is um, having a mailing list and try to sort of encourage people to join that as like another sort of maybe an in between between sort of selling yeah. and, and just uh, the subject matter stuff. Do, do you uh, do some of that stuff with your clients as well? I do. Look, I think, I mean, I think it's a good idea to have a mailing list and have a strong mailing list and to drive people onto them. Uh, I've, you know, people out there that know a lot more about marketing than I do talk about it's all in the list. Everything's in the list. It's all in the list. <laughs> so it's um, dri driving people to the list. You know, a lot of people rely on, say, their Facebook fans or their Twitter followers and think that that's there, that's all they need. But I think even those social media things like blogging, which is I guess a different form of social media, um, it's, it's to drive people to the list. I, I know, you know, a lot of people they'll they'll do a blog and then they'll do a monthly newsletter, which is a bit of a wrap up of the blog, plus maybe a special deal, plus maybe a couple of other great articles that they found in their niche around the around the web. So it's about integrating it all and yes, yeah, certainly trying to get people up on the list. You know, if you're writing a blog and you're doing it regularly and you do have a newsletter, then there's no harm in every now and again, maybe not again in every post, but saying, you know, what more of this fantastic content straight to your inbox, sign up now, have a bit of an incentive to sign up because everyone wants people signing up. Um, and uh, yeah, kind of kind of go from there. But you know, your list is people that have actually shown an interest in your product, so you can't go past that. Awesome. Um, do you have some tips on uh, promotion? Like once you've already, once you've sort of written some posts and you've got your post out there, how do we try and get them out to uh, new audiences? Um, look, the best the best way of promotion, apart from through your your newsletter if you're doing it, and through the list, is uh, social media. Quite obviously, you know, whenever you do a post, you should certainly post it on your Facebook, send it through your Twitter feed, um, Google Plus. I've only I'm only just getting around Google Plus, but it's it's a good platform for that as well. And depending on your audience, LinkedIn is really good as well. I certainly, for me, as a service industry that that targets business to business, LinkedIn is is my best place to put my links in. And again, it's not just the who might be driven there from those social media platforms, but it's also Google. Google sees the link. You know, the more valuable links that you've had, and with Google Plus, 
um, that Google is seeing those links, you know, more than it's seeing other links for quite obvious reasons. <laughs> I think certainly business to business could use use Google Plus quite well. So that's, and, I mean, um, that's the thing. Yep, yep. So you're posting it all out on, on, on your own social profiles. Um, do you think people should also uh, be sort of posting it in in other social places like uh, Google, uh, not Google, um, Facebook groups and business groups yeah. that they're members of? Yep, I certainly do that as well. You know, you do it just on your profile but also in the groups and the communities that you're a member of, the LinkedIn groups, Facebook groups, Google Plus communities. I try, again, you need to be clever about it because quite often the same people are in a lot of those different groups so you don't want to spam them. Um, say, for example, that you've written something about uh, gardening, for example. You wouldn't necessarily put that in a group that's just a group of copywriters, which is a couple of LinkedIn groups and also Google Plus groups. I mean, you wouldn't necessarily put that there, but you would put it in, say, a broader small business group. So I think it's being clever about where you put it. You don't, I, I know, you know, one of the things that drives me most insane about social media, I must admit, is the people that just post the same thing everywhere, everywhere. And, you know, it starts looking a lot like spam. And um, I think you have to be careful and clever. Again, I post weekly. I don't, I don't share every single post in every single group because I figure people will get really, really sick of me after a while with that. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So you want to take advantage of these platforms, but don't go too far that it looks like spam because it's going to start working against you. That's um, right. And, you know, you can repurpose them as well because, I mean, there's a lot of places out there that take guest posts as well. And quite often I repurpose my more popular blogs, try, try, change them slightly, keep the theme, but change them slightly for two reasons. One, that people don't want to read exactly the same thing twice and two, Google doesn't see exactly the same thing twice. But you can repurpose them and send them off to places that accept guest blogs in your niche. And, and I, I mean, I do a little bit of guest blogging around the place and it's another good way to drive traffic to your website. In fact, I will, um, I'll, I'll say as much that if you can't be bothered doing or you don't have time or you don't have the resources or you don't think you can think of enough topics to do a blog yourself, consider guest blogging in popular blogs elsewhere. Um, I mean, don't just guest blog anywhere, but if you, if you've got a, um, popular website in your niche that attracts thousands of visitors a day, then try and see if you can guest blog there. I think that's a Great, yeah. So that's basically writing uh, an article for someone else's blog and then mm. and, uh, you can have a little bio at the bottom with a link mm. back to your website to, so people can, you know, go find out more about you if, if they find you interesting and obviously you've got the, a link there as well for Google as we were talking about before. Um, let's just talk a little bit about... Um, uh, blogging for yourself as as a business owner versus getting someone else like yourself to, to do the blogging. Uh, what, what are sort of the pros and cons of the two approaches? Uh, well, look, obviously the biggest pro of doing it yourself is you know your thing very well and, you know, you can probably do quite a good brain dump in there and even if you're not a writer, you can, you know, you can get enough thoughts together to do something. Um I guess the con of that is that most business owners don't have the time to do that and, and I think that if you're not a writer or if you're not, if you don't love writing, I mean not, not everyone that's 
loves writing is necessarily a writer. But if it doesn't come easy to you, then you're going to spend hours sort of getting blood from a stone when you could be doing something that's more profitable, that's actually making money for your business. Um, the con, one of the cons of hiring someone else is, is having the faith in them that they will speak for your business and they will do the right thing and, and say the right thing. Um, you can you can do it to a couple of ways. You can sort of hire them as a ghostwriter, I guess, in which case they are writing and they are being you, in which case you need to give them a lot of information um, on your ethics and your personality and your sort of stuff, all they need to get it out of you. They can also write as a guest or write as a more um, generic piece rather than a than a eye piece. Uh, so to me, that's one of the biggest cons. But if you do the early bit right, if you brief the writer well and if you've got a good strategy behind them, then they should be able to step into your shoes. You know, a good writer should be able to take a brief understand the um, the client and speak on their behalf and obviously the client gets the final say I mean no, no and until you get a, a really good relationship I've got a couple of clients where I've got a very good relationship and I just post on their behalf without them necessarily clearing it but that is very rare and I you know it's after a long time of, of the relationship um, Great, yeah, no, that's some good tips there. Um, that's pretty much brings us towards the end of, of this interview. Do you have some, perhaps, if you could uh, bring some of the threads together from from the uh, from the episode and uh, give some sort of key takeaways for for people, uh, for business owners about blogging? Sure. Look, there's a few. The, the first thing that I really want to stress is that strategy. I think if you're going to commit to weekly or monthly or whatever blog you will pull your hair out if you suddenly get to, oh my God, it's the day I'm meant to blog, I have no idea what I'm going to do, blah, 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 blah. So I think taking that time, like anything in business, spending that time doing the plan works works out much better in the long run. Um, the second thing is that, that I want people to take away is don't panic if you're not a writer. I don't think that is a problem. I mean, obviously you want to have it correct and reading well and all that at the end, but anyone can do a big brain dump. You know your thing. Do a big brain dump on something and then go back to it. Don't panic about not being a writer. And, I mean, really, it doesn't even have to be a lot of writing. Uh, if you're a builder and you're doing a project, take a few photos of the project and just do captions. You, you don't even really need to necessarily write reams and reams and reams of copy. Um, and, and I guess the third takeaway is promotion. You don't, there's no point writing it if you then don't follow through with the other things. I think, you know, it's a it's a unique time at the moment with the takeoff of social media and with newsletters and emails and blogging platforms and how easy WordPress is and, and other and other CMSs. Integrating them all has never been easier. So integrating your social media profiles with your newsletter, with your with your blogging, it's it's the easiest thing in the world. And you know, that's that's the way this to, to promote it and to drive people there. I mean, if I look at my Google Analytics for my website, and hopefully everyone that has a website has Google Analytics on it, and if they don't, they should, <laughs> um, it spikes every Tuesday, which is when I blog, it spikes from barely nothing up into, you know, the hundreds sometimes. So you can see that it's worth it. And even if all of those people don't become um, 
clients, some of them do, the percentage of them do, and Google sees it. So that again, you've got that two things. And quite often when I get a call about a job, a potential client, their opening comment either by phone or email is, I've been reading your blog for a while and I've been meaning to contact you. You seem like the kind of writer I want. Um, so even if it's not immediate payoff, even if you can't see the immediate payoff, um, persist. <laughs> Awesome. So a good little um, success story there to end on. Um, thanks very much for coming on the show, Nicole. It's been uh, fantastic having you and having this conversation about blogging. <clears throat> um, where can uh, people find out more about you uh, and your business? Well, they can go to my website, which is um, it's a reasonably long one, but I'll try and do <laughs> it. It's uh, www.blackcoffeecommunication.com.au. Or uh, they can find me very easily on Facebook and Google Plus and uh, Twitter and all of that sort of stuff, and I'd be happy to have a chat with them. Great. Well, I'll put um, uh, links to all those in the show notes for this episode. That's at webmarketingadelaide.com.au, and uh, people can go check you out there. Uh, thanks again for coming on the show, and have a good one. No problem. Thanks very much for inviting me, Nick. That brings us to the end of another podcast. For more information about this episode and all our others, head to our website, www.webmarketingadelaide.com.au.